Welcome to Fire Talk Radio, teaching the unfiltered Word of God with the anointing of His Spirit, with subjects on eternity and the choices we make that determine our eternal destiny. Welcome to Fire Talk Radio, everyone. I'm so glad you joined me tonight. Whatever part of the world you're listening to and whatever time zone, I'm so glad that you're here tonight. Um, A while back, I started a show, and it was entitled um, Jesus, the Ultimate Healer. So I started that show a little while back, but life happens and um, special events uh, came up as well, so I didn't have... I, you know, it was, it got put on the back burner a little bit. Not all my shows are just this one, so I I don't like to leave things undone and unfinished. So I wanted to, I wanted to uh, start back up with it. So I'm taking up with part four tonight, and you can find Jesus the Ultimate Healer. You can find it on, on Blog Talk Radio. For, forward slash Fire Talk Radio 2. That's a number 2. Um, so it's Fire Talk Radio 2. And then you'll find it there. In fact, I just I just got through uploading... I just got through uploading part... part 1, 2, 3, and 4. So you can... you can go ahead and, and listen to that. And it'll catch you up as to where I'm at. Now, tonight, I'm going to be dealing with and speaking about why healing is for now and why healing is for all. And I just want to let you know, it it's not God's will for you or I to be sick or to stay sick. Because Jesus took all of our diseases, our pains, everything on his body and he was wounded for our transgressions he was bruised for our iniquities the chastisement that brought us our peace was upon him and with his stripes we were healed so when he went to the cross of Calvary and he died and he rose again in victory he triumphed over sickness sin, death and hell And so Jesus, he was perfect, he was without sin, and he paid the ultimate price, and therefore Jesus is the ultimate healer. So, I'm going to play a song to start us off with. It's by Zachary Smith, and it's called The Balm of Gilead. Be blessed, and I will be back with you in a few.
Lift up your eyes on high. Behold the Lamb, perfect sacrifice. He paid it all. He paid it all for you. Lift up your eyes on high. Behold the land, perfect sacrifice. He paid it all. He paid it all for you. for his healing oil and his healing wine and praise God just he's so absolutely completely wonderful <laughs> I just wanted to tell right here that uh if you will go to well actually um now as I was stating earlier why healing is for now and it, it is for all the first reason is because we are God's original creation. If you will turn to me to, with the um, to the book of Genesis, uh, chapter one, and I'll tell you what verses in a second. Uh, if you turn with there, turn there with me to Genesis chapter one. So I'm going to go there as well. Going to go to Genesis. I'm going to go online to Genesis. So 
Genesis, Genesis chapter 1, verses 26, 27, and 31. So, these actually might be verses. Let me double check that. Yeah, hold on a second. But anyway, please turn there with me. And uh, so Genesis, Genesis chapter 1, 26, 27, and 31. And verse 26, it reads, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Verse 27, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. And in verse 31, it reads, Then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Now, God made man. God made, well, actually, God made his man and Adam as he wanted as he wanted him to be he made him, he made him in the image of god and in god's image and he or basically perfect so god made man perfect spirit soul and body now let me ask you a question on which day did god create sickness and disease The answer is none, (laughs) because God didn't make them because they're not good, and God only created the good, the very good. He only creates what's perfect. In fact, in, um, in John, if you turn with me to John 10, it would be John 10, 10. You go there with me in the Bible. It says, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So proof right there in that scripture when he's saying, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Abundant life, a sickness is not God's, that's not abundant life. Sickness, disease, pain, headaches, whatever it is, sickness, that is not God's abundant life. It's not, and it's not God's will. Because, as I as I stated, nowhere in the Bible did does it say where God created sickness and disease. When Adam and Eve were created, they 
they knew no sickness, no disease or pain. They didn't know any of that until after the fall, until after they sinned, until Adam and Eve ate from, from the forbidden fruit, from the, ate, you know, when they sinned. And there, there has to be spiritual death which is separation from God, before there can be sickness and disease. And that took place, the separation from God, the spiritual death, when Adam and Eve's eyes were opened and when they, after they sinned. Sickness is an abomination unto God. He hates it because it ruins his perfect creation, which is man, who is made in his image. I mean, think about it. If, say, for example, somebody had uh, something that makes them break out or or just whatever the case may be, uh, makes them break out in hives or just um, something like that, or is something like smallpox, or just anything, even just anything, because because um, you know you can see where where if there is if there is um, any anything, it will it will mar that person, whether it makes them look tired, if it's it's something that just Whatever the case may be, it it does that. Now, in Romans, see, sin sin came into the world by Adam. So, because he, he, him and Eve sinned, and then death by sin, and sickness by death. So, it uh, unfortunately... Um, you know, as I was saying, sin came into the world by Adam, and then uh, which caused death, the um, spiritual death, the separation from God because of that sin, and then because of because of the spiritual death, sickness came along. In Romans 5.12, it reads, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sinned. Now, the second reason that healing is for now and is for all is because it's God's will in heaven God's will never changes turn to me to the book of revelation 21 chapter 21 verse 4 turn your bible in there with me and we're going to go there And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. 
There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. So it's talking about there's going to be no no more sorrow, no more pain, no more sicknesses. And there's going to be no crying in heaven because crying, think about it, unless they're happy tears, the the reason that somebody cries is because they're sad. Either somebody hurt their feelings or somebody died or something something happened to make them sad. And and they and that's why they cry. So now if you go one more chapter to Revelation twenty two one through three verses one through three and then And look up in there. So that is Revelation 22, 1 through 3. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and and of the Lamb. In the middle of its street, and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore twelve fruits, each yielding each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations, and there shall be no more curse but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. So praise God, there's going to be no more curse, because the curse from the fall of man, that's not going to, it's, it's not going to be anymore. It's just, it's God's, God's taken that, and, uh, Praise God. <clears throat> so grateful to Jesus to torment and the torture that he went through beyond beyond anything imaginable. And uh it is beyond anything that we could ever comprehend or ever think or imagine that we would it's just it's in fact I, I feel I feel led to to uh play um there's gonna be a clip uh as as told by told by a physician and then I'm gonna play a clip after that by a medical examiner and this should give you an idea um of how of the agony Jesus went through for you and I, and that if we were the only one in the world, he still would have done it. He still would have come and gone through that so that we would not be separated from him for eternity. I'm going to play that now. Hold on. 
Yeah, I, I believe that Christ's suffering uh, and the demonstration of the kind of, um, of physiologic stress that his human body was under uh, is manifested in the Garden of Gethsemane, where it's described that he was sweating blood. And there are there is a well-documented uh, medical condition in which patients who are under tremendous amount of uh, emotional stress and physiological stress can, in fact, uh, sweat blood because little blood vessels within the glands burst and, the, and then the blood is expressed. The, the, the scourge involved the use of a, a short whip with pieces of uh, typically metal, sometimes bone, sometimes pieces of porcelain wrapped in these leather straps, which is then utilized to, to come across uh, typically the back, the shoulders, the legs of the victim. Uh, and uh, the first few passes across a particular body part would tear through the skin, the fat, uh, but eventually, once the outer layers were, were uh, torn away, it would start getting in the muscle and the tendon. And of course, along the way, you're ripping through all the blood vessels that supply all those tissues. And so you're losing blood the whole time. The plant that was described um, uh, actually had a very long thorn, um, not the little thorns that we would think from a rose bush. These were thorns that were uh, typically an inch and a half to two inches in length. The scalp is one of the most vascular portions of our bodies. It had a huge blood supply up there. So then having those thorns shoved down into the, you know, down onto the bony plate would have gone through all the scalp which in and of itself would have created a huge amount of blood loss. Uh, I've seen people actually bleed to death from just a scalp injury. So uh, it's not a small injury to have, uh, who knows, dozens uh, of these things shoved into your scalp. And so that would have caused more blood loss. Typically when a victim has to uh, uh, carry the cross, what has been described uh, in the literature, in, in actual Roman literature, is they, they describe, the, they, they carry the crossbar. Uh, and the crossbar is estimated, alone, was estimated to weigh about 110 pounds. And of course, if your arms are stuck out here, wrapped up on the cross, crossbar, and you fall down, you need help getting up. You, you, you just can't get up on your own because there's no possible way without your arms to get up. So you would have needed help getting up. If he, fall, if he fell over, there's a good chance that he could have hit his chest, which, which then could account for the possibility of a cardiac injury. Anatomically, we consider the wrists as part of the hand. And so uh, with the placement of the nails between the radius and the ulna at that position, it, it still fits, fits the definition of being in the hand and it's in a position in which the nail won't rip out, which you have to have, you have, to have a solid point of fixation. Uh, another interesting point about the placement of that is the median nerve goes right straight through that particular uh, 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 portion of the wrist. And so there would have been uh, either destruction of the nerve or, or impingement of the nerve that would have created a tremendous amount of pain so that every time you try to take a breath, you'd be, it'd be agonizing. You'd be pushing down on spike feet which of course hurt, and then you'd be hanging on spiked arms. And so you alternate from excruciating pain to excruciating pain every time you take a breath. So, so even if he survives the actual crucifixion, he would have had to survive what I believe to be a, a, 
a lethal injury from the spear to, to find out whether he was alive or not. What's described is the loss of water and blood, and that would entail either the, the uh, uh, either a pleural effusion or pericardial effusion, and the blood would have come from either pulmonary artery, a pulmonary vein, the aorta or vena cava, or the heart itself. None of those injuries, unless you're treated immediately by a trauma surgeon like myself, with all the advanced equipment that we have, would be survivable after even a few minutes. Christ, as the Son of God, could have survived anything. He chose to manifest himself as a human at that point in time and allowed himself to die. And, and being human at that point in time, he could not have survived this particular series of traumas. It's not possible. Um, Christ as God could have survived anything they threw at him. And, but he chose to be Christ, the human, at that point in time to die for our sins. And that given that, that self-limitation of remaining to be human, he died. He did not survive the event. I, uh, I'm profoundly impacted by it because I realized that the price that he paid was something I'm not, I would be, never be willing to do for probably anybody. It's very difficult for me to even sing songs about the cross, even in worship. Because I truly do understand what he paid, the price that he paid. I saw of the crucifixion were of a fairly placid uh, Jesus looking down in pity from the cross. This was not a this was not a pretty picture. Dr. Carl McCurdy has studied Jesus' crucifixion and has filled in many scientific details that the Bible leaves out. Jesus allowed himself to suffer, and uh, I couldn't imagine a worse way to die. Jesus said, this is your hour, when darkness reigns. Luke 22, 52 and 53. Thursday night, April 6th, 30 AD. Most historians agree this is the date of Jesus' arrest. Pilate had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. Mark 15, 15. For prisoners sentenced to crucifixion, the first step was flogging. The Romans used a whip called a flagrum. It was specially designed to rip the skin off a prisoner's back. They had it down to an art. The iron would make bruises, but then these pieces of bone would begin to cut and 
cut into the skin and the subcutaneous tissue and actually uh, would result in, uh, in lacerations all the way down to the muscle. The, uh, the pain would be uh, intense and unrelenting. The point of the scourging was to bring the victim as close to exhaustion and as close to death as possible before actually taking him to the cross. The soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. Then they struck him on the head again and again. Matthew 27, 29, and 30. Next, for Jesus, a special punishment. The thorns themselves were most likely several inches long and horribly painful. The face and the scalp have probably the best blood supply of any, uh, you know, any areas of skin on the body. You also have the, some of the most nerves, some of the greatest number of nerves uh, in the skin would be on, on the scalp and the face. Uh, again, intense, sharp pain. They seized Simon of Cyrene, put the cross on him, and made him carry it. Luke 23:26. It weighed between 80 and 110 pounds, and knowing that Jesus could not carry what the Romans called the patibulum gives clues about the beating he'd already suffered. One thing that we see in trauma is that a young person, a person who's in good condition, may be much closer to death than we think from the blood loss. So even though Jesus at this point was stumbling and, uh, and, and could remain upright, um, he was probably very near the edge of, uh, of total circulatory collapse. He went out to the place of the skull, and here they crucified him. John 19.17 Crucifixion was a relatively bloodless process. The nails Romans used resembled railroad spikes. There was one pounded through both feet and one hammered through each wrist. A nail or spike through the palm would never hold the weight uh, of a body. But the spike inserted through here would, uh, would get right in the middle of those uh, wrist bones and would, uh, um, would enable the, uh, the body to be suspended by the strength of those, uh, those ligaments. The pain would be like hot liquid, it would be a hot shooting pain back up the arm. It would leave the hand in a claw shape and paralyzed. Death on a cross had little to do with nails. Instead, crucifixion normally meant death by suffocation. The only way you can adequately breathe would be to push up with the impaled feet, pull up with the arms in order to breathe, and then sag down again in exhaustion. And obviously, every time that happened, there was intense pain in the arms. The scourged back would rub against the, uh, uh, the rough wood of the cross. The uh, impaled feet would also have their own nerve pain and, and pain shooting up the legs. Uh, and it would be pure agony to simply take a breath. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. Mark 15:37. Crucifixion often took days, but Jesus died quickly, and as the loud cry suggests, he also died suddenly. A catastrophic terminal event is a pathologist's phrase to mean that something happened all of a sudden to cause death, and 
my feeling would be that that his scourging was so intense, the blood loss that preceded the uh, crucifixion was so intense that that shortened the uh, length of time uh, of the crucifixion. And in this case, the final event was, uh, was I'm sure, either an abnormal heart rhythm or his heart simply stopped. At the place where Jesus was crucified, there was a new tomb, and they laid Jesus there. John 19:41 and 42. On April 7, 30 AD, the world turned dark. Jesus is dead. Friday is over. But Sunday is coming. God's will for you to be sick, then 
stop going against his will. Stop taking that medicine that the doctors prescribed for you. Obey God and be sick. And that's really just being, actually being sarcastic or being, I'm not sure what the word is, not sarcastic, but it's it's um, it's really not. Now, now, I'm not saying stop taking your medication because we have to do everything in the spirit and everything in the natural. So take, to, we, to stop taking your medicine unless the doctors actually take you off it is actually not a good thing. So... Um, you know, it's not it's not a good thing. I don't know if you can hear this cat in the background or not. He's he's outside and he's really making a fuss to get in. He's not my cat, he's somebody else's, but um anyway, a little side note there in case you hear it all this meowing and wondering where it was coming from. Now, in all seriousness, don't stop taking your medicine or um that the doctors describe you because you know there have been there have been I mean we need to use wisdom as well because for example there have been people who who thought that they shouldn't take their medication because they were in faith or that uh, they just didn't like it and they just stopped all of a sudden taking their antipsychotic or their antidepressant. And then they were off it, and it really messed with them, and they ended up going and hurting people and themselves. So it's not a good idea. Um, Now, so that's actually not a good idea to stop taking the medicine. Now, another reason that healing is for now and healing is for all is because sickness and disease are the work of the devil. In Job 2.7, it reads, So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and struck Job with painful boils from the sole of his feet to the crown of his head. Psalm 41.8 reads, An evil disease, they say, clings to him, and now that he lies down, he will rise up no more. Luke 13.11-16 And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, There are six days on which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them and not on the Sabbath day. The Lord then answered him and said, Hypocrite, does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it away to to water it? So ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, 
whom Satan has bound. Think of it. For 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath. Acts, the book of Acts, chapter 10, 38 reads, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. Now it notes in there that he went about doing good. Sickness, that's not good. Oh, and that's not... Jesus came that we may have life and that life more abundantly. So, now, in Job, those scriptures were Job 2.7 where Satan smote Job. Because sickness, the third reason, because sickness and disease are the work of the devil. So Job two seven, Satan smote Job. Psalm forty one eight, disease is evil; it's a thing of the devil. Luke thirteen eleven through sixteen, sickness and disease is a satanic bondage. Acts ten thirty eight, sickness and disease is satanic oppression. And Jesus came to destroy Satan's works. If you go with me to Hebrews two fourteen, let me find that right here. Go with Hebrews. Hebrews 12, I mean, Hebrews 2, 14 through 15, and James 10, 10, which I read earlier, and 1 John 3, 8. Uh, it's going it's to show here how, how Jesus, came to destroy the works of the devil. Hebrews two, fourteen through fifteen reads, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. John 10.10, which is a scripture I read earlier, the thief does not come except to steal and kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. In 1 John 3.8, it reads, He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. So Jesus was manifest to destroy the works of the devil. And I am very, very grateful that he was manifest. I am grateful that Jesus came, that God, God in the flesh, came. I'm glad. 
I'm grateful. Now, all sickness and all disease is a work of our enemy, Satan. In Matthew, Matthew over here, I see here. Can I go back to? Okay, I'm going to go back here and put it in Matthew 12, chapter 12, verses 24 through 29. Put that in there. And that says, it talks about, um, now when the Pharisees heard it, they said, the fellow, this fellow does not cast out devils except by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. But Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself will not stand. If Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? And if I cast out Beelzebub, if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they shall be your judges. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man and then he will plunder his house? So God and the devil are not working together like that. Pharisee was trying to say he's they're not working together. He doesn't he doesn't he he didn't cast out devils by the by the devil. Now in Galatians two eighteen it reads, For if I build again those things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. Now if God makes someone sick just to heal them then he calls himself a transgressor. Now, I just feel led to tell you that a lot of people have been raised, I've heard it myself from different people, and that God will put sickness on people to, to punish them and to teach them a lesson and to, or to slow them down, and that's not true. God is not, he's not a child abuser. He's a good father, and he doesn't put sickness on people to teach them a lesson or because they've done something wrong or because he wants them to slow down. That's a lie from the pit of hell, and it's false It's false teaching, and it is, it's false It's false doctrine and people's deception. Because the Son of Man has not come to destroy, as it says in Luke chapter 9, verse 56, For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. So that was, I mean, Jesus is not the oppressor or the giver. 
of sickness. He's not depressor and giver of sickness. That's not true at all. Now, the fourth reason that healing is for all and healing is for now, because we are the bride of Christ. Hallelujah. Now, it may be a bit difficult for men to relate to being a bride of Christ, but you are. And just, but in, um, in Ephesians, Chapter 5, verses 25 through 30, it reads, you find it here, 25 through 30, Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present himself, present her to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies, He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. We are the bride of Christ. And that's that's a uh, talk talks a lot about in in reference there. So now in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 15, it reads, Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? Certainly not. My physical body is a member of Christ. And if you're born again, you have Jesus in your heart, your physical body is a member of Christ. And no man in his right mind would ever want his bride sick or diseased. In Psalm 45, let me see here, Psalm 45, 11, so the king will greatly desire your beauty because he is your Lord. Worship him. Psalm 50, verse 2, Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God will shine forth. We, the body of Christ, are the perfection of beauty. Sickness destroys beauty because disease mars the looks. Ephesians 5:28-30 So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. 
which I read some of this earlier. But if the Lord nourishes and cherishes us, then surely he wouldn't want to make us sick and ugly because he loves us and he cherishes us. And as I played this audio clips early, what he went through on the, on the, on the, on, in his physical body, what Jesus went through, the torture, the agony... That's love right there, and he doesn't want us sick, and he doesn't want us ugly. He took all that sickness on his own body, and 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 it was the end of it. He and by his stripes were healed. He took the sickness on himself so that we did not have to take it on; that we wouldn't have to be sick. He took our shame, our sickness, disease, pain. Anxieties. Now, the wife's condition is a reflection of the man. We are a reflection of our shepherd. So, you can't be beautiful, radiant, and glowing, full of energy, etc., 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 if you're sick. And no good father wants his child sick. No good husband wants his wife sick. So we're not talking about child abusers and we're not talking about wife beaters here. We're talking about natural, normal, good father, natural, normal, good husband who's not an abuser. So no father wants his child sick and no husband wants his, his wife sick. We need to. We need supernatural strength, and we need and help to do all that we've been commissioned by God to do. So just resist the devil and any any symptoms that he tries to put on you, and know that God wants you strong and radiant. The fifth reason healing is for now and all is because of the healing. Promises of God's Word. Now, I'm going to be giving you several scriptures, so I'm going to give you a chance to go get uh, pen and paper, and then you can uh, you can look these up later, and you can write them on three by five cards or a piece of paper, however it is that you want to write them out, so that you can see them before you. Uh, and Joshua says, "My your your word was ever before me," and uh, you know, and and also he heard it. So, um, and then King David was saying, um, "Your word have I hid in my in my heart that I will not sin against you." So God wants us to have our our um, His word ever before us. So, and in our hearts. So what I want you to do is, after I give you these scriptures, I want you to write them down, and then when you get uh, when you get a moment, type them out or write them down. Whatever works for you, whatever is best for you, and keep them near you because whenever a symptom um, tries to attack you, uh, tries to attach itself to your body, or an attack of the enemy comes then fight back with the word like Jesus did when he was being tempted in in the uh in the desert uh place when he went went for 40 days and 
49th there. So, But um, read them aloud to, uh, to others that need a healing as well. Um, need a healing touch from Jesus, but also read them to yourself. Read them out loud to yourself and meditate on them. Meditate means to mutter to um speak to speak about to speak it over and over again uh softly to yourself so with with those you just um read it out loud mutter <laughs> and i'm getting a little bit uh feeling the anointing very strong right now that's why i keep repeating myself i'm finding it very Hard to talk sometimes, my goodness, it's uh, because of the presence of the Holy Ghost is so strong and it's anointing, and I just keep getting downloads as I'm as I'm speaking to you and as I'm sharing the word, and it's, the Bible says, he who waters shall himself be watered, and I am being, indeed, being watered as I am, I am, uh, as I am watering to you, so it's, uh, it's it's sometimes hard to hard to uh it's sometimes hard to uh <laughs> sometimes it's hard to to do to do this. So but I am I am uh so but um Anyway, hopefully you would have had, you would have gotten, um, you would have gotten paper by now, and um, so, but I'm going to go to these scriptures for you. I'm going to start off in, going to start off in James 5.15, and the prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. 1 Peter 2, 24, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Isaiah 53.5 But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. Ezekiel 16.6 And when I passed by you and saw you struggling in your own blood, I said to you, in your blood, live. Yes, I said to you, in your blood, live. That's a good scripture. If you're having, maybe you have a, something, uh, some kind of blood disease or blood illness or sickness, that's a good scripture to quote over your blood, commanding your blood to live. In Exodus 15:26, and said, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God, and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes. I will put none of the diseases on you, which I have 
brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Now, some people can mistakenly think the way this is worded, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians. That is because they opened the door to the enemy and uh, the enemy had access, then had access. God doesn't go around saying, oh, I think I'll put a disease on this person, teach him a lesson, I'll put this one on them. He's the Lord that heals. Psalm 103, verses 2 through 3 reads, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. Jeremiah thirteen seventeen reads, For I will restore health to you and heal you of your wounds, says the Lord, Because they called you an outcast, saying, This is Zion. No one seeks her. Matthew 8, 17, That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities and bore our sickness. Exodus 23, 25-6 So you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of you. No one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in your land. I will fulfill the number of your days. So if you believe in God for a healthy pregnancy, and you can quote this scripture of yourself and pray over your baby um, before it's born, uh, uh, speak to your unborn child and pray over the baby that for a healthy pregnancy. And if you're barren, you can also, uh, you can quote the scripture because it says, no one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren. So if you believe in God for a child, hallelujah, quote that scripture and and speak to, speak to your body and command it to line up with the word of God. Command it to be fruitful and produce. Now, Psalm 91.10, No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. Psalm 91.16, With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Psalm 107.20, He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. 3 John 1, 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. So those are some really good... Actually, that one about... And see, he... He's praying, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. It's not God's will for us to be sick at all. And these are, um, I'm going to give you those that you can write them down again. I'm just going to go through the list of scriptures. James 5.15, 1 Peter 2.24, 
Isaiah, Isaiah 53, 5, Ezekiel 16, 6, Exodus 15, 26, Psalm 103, 2 through 3, so Psalm 103, verses 2 through 3, Jeremiah 30, verse 17, Matthew 8, verse 17, Exodus 23, 25 through 26, so it's Exodus 23, verses 25 through 26, Psalm 91, verse 10 and verse 16, Psalm 107, verse 20, 3 John, verse 2. God wants you healed, and he wants me healed, and he wants us healed now. Now, 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 he wants us healed now. God is a faithful God, he's a good God. And in part five, I'm going to continue on with these, with these why healing is for now and healing is for all. Uh, right now, I'm gonna I'm gonna say a prayer for everyone listening. Father God, I just thank you right now for everyone who's listening right now to me live, and those who will listen to this archive message. I thank you that you bless them. I thank you that you touch them from the crown of their head to the soles of their feet. You sent your word and healed us and delivered us from our destructions. I I send your word to them now, Father. Release the healing anointing from the crown of their head to the soles of their feet. I speak to everything in their body. I command it to line up with the word of God And I thank you for that, Father. I speak the headaches, migraine headaches. I command them to go. I speak the brain cancer. I curse that cancer in the name of Jesus. I pull it up by the roots. I bind it in the name of Jesus. I command it to shrivel up and die in the name of Jesus. I loose the healing anointing of Jesus in the name of Jesus. I command the eyes to see the ears to hear, sinus conditions, broken noses to be fixed, deviated septums to be fixed, and problems with the tongue or with the voice or the speaking to be healed. Any cold sores must go in the name of Jesus. Any flu symptoms or cold symptoms must go in the name of Jesus. I command the throat, the voice box to to function properly. Every bone, every sinew, every muscle, every tissue, every organ function properly in the name of Jesus. From the crown of the head to the soles of the feet, in the chest area, in the ribs, in the lungs, the heart. I, I command the arteries to be open any clogged arteries in the heart or any part of the body, I command it to open. And I thank you, Jesus, for going and smoothing out those areas, those clogged arteries in the 
and I, I thank you for, for doing it. And I, I speak to high cholesterol. Every every level of cholesterol, good and bad, must be at the normal level, and any damage made to the heart be made normal in the name of Jesus and be fixed, creative miracles, Father God, creative miracles. And I thank you for digestive problems and um, and uh, colon problems to be fixed. I I, I speak to to the um, spastic colon, irritable bowel syndrome, hiatal hernias. You must you must go. And you must be healed in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Father, for I, I speak to the reproductive organs and that to be made whole and healed in the name of Jesus. And arthritis must go. Every form of arthritis, you go now in the name of Jesus. Every form of and also osteoporosis must go. I I speak your bones to be fat and healthy in the name of Jesus. No brittle bones, but healthy bones, the name of Jesus. Any neuropathy or feet problems, I command it to be healed in the name of Jesus. I speak to that neuropathy to go in the name of Jesus. Jesus' name is above every name that there is. At the mention of the name of Jesus, every tongue shall confess that every, every the name of Jesus, every every tongue shall confess Jesus. They should, it has to bow to the name of Jesus. Every name, there is no name above Jesus. So every name has to bow, and every name that is not of God, whatever it is that's plaguing you or is attacking your body, you just you you tell it to bow to the name of Jesus because it does not have a right to be there at all, and it has to go. Put the blood of Jesus on it, bind it, cast it out, and loose the healing anointing of Jesus, and stand on the word, stand on these scriptures that I've that I've quoted and that I've given you. And and just stand on the word. When you've done everything there is to do, just stand on his word. And I have a really exciting testimony, healing testimony to give you. Um, for a long time, many, many years, I had nerve damage in my left ear. And I could not hear people if unless they faced me. Uh, so... But if they had their back to me and and said something, I could not hear what they were saying. But God healed my ear, and he did a creative miracle in my ear. So if he can heal my ear, which he did, then he, he heals your ear as well, or whatever is plaguing you. So that, that scri- the scripture I read for the, for the, for the blood, um, speaking, commanding the blood to live, you can also, uh, you can read, you can quote that over if you have, if you have AIDS or any kind of that. Um, that's Exodus 16.6. In fact, right now, Father God, I speak, I speak to those who have AIDS right now and HIV. 
I speak to the eight. I command that body to line up with the word of God. I speak to that blood and I command it live. Blood live and the T cells to be normal count. Be made the way that you made that body to be, Father. And I thank you. I curse AIDS in the name of Jesus. Bow to the name of Jesus. I curse HIV. Bow to the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I break your power. I put the blood of Jesus on you. Go now in the name of Jesus. I speak total healing and restoration to these people in the name of Jesus. And I curse the Ebola virus right now in the name of Jesus. I put the blood of Jesus on you. You won't come near these shores. No plague shall come near thy dwelling. Curse you in the name of Jesus. I curse Ebola virus in the name of Jesus. And any other thing that is not of God, I curse it in the name of Jesus. And only what is of God, perfect in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for that, Father. Now, I just feel led to to pray for a certain thing, as you may or may not be aware. I, when I when I do a teaching. I am open to what the Holy Ghost wants to do, and it may or may not be on the topic of what I'm doing, like if I'm doing a healing series, whatever the case may be. But I feel led to pray for those in the ministry, full-time ministry, pastor, prophet, teacher, apostle, and evangelist, I, I who feels like quitting the ministry. I, I speak to you right now and and let you know that God told me to just pray for you right now that that he loves you he knows what you're going through and he understands that not everything is not everything is always is always going to be peachy keen and a bed of roses and easy and there's going to be struggles and it's going to be hard times where you're going to want to quit. The enemy's going to come at you with everything that he can come up with to hit you with so that you'll quit or be tempted to quit. But God wants you to know that you don't, you don't, he doesn't want you to quit. He doesn't want you to give up on the ministry. He doesn't want you to quit the ministry. Think about it this way. When Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he was praying, he was praying to his Father and saying, If it be possible, let this cup pass from me, but nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. So if Jesus had quit in the Garden of Gethsemane, where would we be? We'd be in an eternal damned state of hell. We'd be eternally separated from him. If he quit in the Garden of Gethsemane. So if you quit, where are the people going to be that he's assigned to your life? Would they be in an eternal state of damnation because you gave up? And what will you do when you face Jesus and you look him in the eyes when when it's finally time for you to go home to be with the Lord and you die and you stand before your maker? You look him in the eyes. You look in the eyes of love. What will you say to him if you quit the ministry? 
Um, I'm sorry, Jesus. You can understand, can't you? I, 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 it was too stressful. I had too many, too many, too many people making fun of me. I had too many people making fun of me, and I had a lot of a lot of persecution. I, it was really, really hard for me. I know you understand what that's like, because you were in the Garden of Gethsemane, and. And he's going to say, what about the people I assigned to you? And he's going to show you multitudes and multitudes and multitudes of people that you could have reached, but you didn't because it got too hard. God has assigned countless lives to you. That if you obey, you'll you, and you obey and you keep on going. It may not seem like it, but it's not always going to be this hard, this difficult, and whatever it is that you're going through. I may not know it, but God knows. It's not always going to be this way. But suppose, I mean, I mean, okay. You have countless people that God has assigned to your life, thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people that God has assigned to your life. And you can choose to pull yourself up by your bootstraps, keep on going, and, 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 and lead them to Jesus, disciple them, and they'll go to heaven. Or you can choose to quit and let them go to hell, the choice is yours. Now, don't quit. God is counting on you not to quit, and so are those people that he's assigned to your life. And you may or may not have prayed this before, but it's it's what Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. It's called a prayer of consecration. Just repeat after me to say, God, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll say what you want me to say. Not my will, but thine be done. And burn out everything in me with your holy fire that is not of you. Burn it out. I don't want it. Take it and help me, Holy Ghost. Keep on pressing on for the sake of the call, for the sake of the harvest, for the sake of the people that you've assigned to my life. I know I was not born just to exist, but I was born for your eternal purpose and plan and destiny. Help me fulfill your plan and your eternal purpose 
and destiny and dream. Touch me right now, Father God, with your fire, with your anointing, with your presence. Touch me now, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for all the people that were going to quit the ministry and now they're not going to quit the ministry. Thank you, Father, for touching them, encouraging them, enveloping them in your love, comforting them, whatever it is they need, Father. I thank you for doing it. I thank you for their obedience and their willing, because the willing and the obedient shall eat the good of the land. I thank you for it, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Now, for those listening who, if you don't know, God loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He has a great plan for your life. God forbid, if you were to die this very second, do you know for sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that you would go to heaven? If you're not sure, just repeat after me. Because, I mean, the Holy Bible, it reads that we've all sinned, fallen short of the glory of God, The wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So if you want to make sure you're going to go to heaven, just mean it with your heart. And just repeat after me. Just say, Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I believe that you died for me. I believe that you rose again from the dead and are coming back again for me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Give me a passion for the lost, a hunger for the things of God, and a holy boldness to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am saved. I am born again. I am forgiven. And I'm on my way to heaven because I have Jesus in my heart. Give everyone who ever hurt, neglected, or abused me I release them, and I also forgive myself and release myself. I receive your peace, your joy, and your love. Amen. Hallelujah. Welcome to the family of God, and know that He loves you, and right now there's a party going on in heaven because you said that prayer. I'm just really excited that you said that prayer. I'm going to go to a quick, um, and let you know about a a Bible college. It's a Bible college I went to, and I'm going to play a quick little uh, promo or a little commercial intro, whatever you want to call it, for that. So hold on a second. In the world, there is a problem. People are hurting. People are empty. 
some very alone. People are broken. Many are lost. What they need is hope. They need healing. They need love. They need a savior. They need someone who will lay down their life. Someone with the fire of God who will hear God's call and bring Jesus to the world. What they need is a revival. There is a place called the River Bible Institute, a place dedicated to training believers how to live, minister, and flow in the anointing. And it's for anyone, whether your heart is in business or full-time ministry. This is a place the Word of God is taught and demonstrated. The Word will challenge those of you attending to find clarity in your calling and deepen your relationship with the Lord. It will provide you with a new perspective on how to reach the lost for Christ and live in God's life-changing power. It is a place where you will be empowered to make a difference and set your world on fire with revival. God is calling for all believers. Will you answer? That's a good question. Will you answer? Well, um, there's an awesome school, River Bible Institute dot com river school of worship dot com and river school of government dot com check out the schools there exciting news I have been authorized to give you a scholarship if you feel you have the hand of God on your life and you want to go to Bible college you want to get to know the Lord more more about him then you have a free scholarship. You don't have to pay it back. The next uh, orientation for students is January 2nd. So um, that's when the third quarter starts. So congratulations on your scholarship and coming to the school. And uh, so also, if you know somebody that has a call of God on their life, that I have been authorized to give you permission to give them a scholarship and if they know someone, they can give them permission. So just it's a ripple effect. So I was really excited when the, um, the administration told me I, I had the authority to give the scholarship. That is so exciting. So I just uh, I will let you know that. And um, that, uh, that's about everything I have right now, um, except for let you know that um, uh, there is... Um, there is uh on if you go to revival dot com that is where the um that is where the uh church is and you can watch it live in fact the um church is tomorrow sunday at ten a m eastern standard time and seven p m 
Eastern Standard Time, and also Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you can watch those live on on Revival.com. That's R-E-V-I-V-A-L.com. You can watch those live, and you can also go on that on Revival.com. You'll see a link to YouTube, and you can check out a lot of things on their official YouTube channel and watch it live there as well. And you can also um, check out other awesome things on there. You can you can watch archives as well of past uh, church services as well. So, and a prayer line you can call twenty four seven. Is eight six six eight five seven four eight three seven. That is eight six six eight five seven four eight five seven four eight. Goodness, eight eight five R I V E R for river. So that's eight six six eight five river. R I V E R. And um, my email, firetalkradio2 at yahoo.com. That's the number two. Firetalkradio2, the number two, at yahoo.com. And uh, follow follow us on blogtalkradio.com forward slash firetalkradio2 the number two. (laughs) So follow on there, and you can go to Facebook forward slash Fire Talk Radio 2. You got it with the number two. (laughs) So you can follow us on there and also on Twitter as well. And so I think that's all the announcements there, and I'm going to play a couple of of songs by this this, uh, man of God. He's... um, He's uh he's um his name is Freddie Haler and he was so gracious when I asked him permission to uh I asked him personally asked him permission to um to play his music. I, I went over to him and and I said to him I said uh um I said I you know, I, I welcomed him and I, I said hello to him and and I I asked him if uh you know, I said you know, I said I, I really blessed by his music, which I am and uh so now I said to him, I said, Well you know I have I have the uh I have an online radio show I said and I don't have an ASCAP license yet I got through saying that, and he says to me, in such a humble way, go ahead, play it, it's God's music. I was like, wow. Talk about an example of humility right there, and that he knows, I mean, it was where the songs come from, from God. It was beautiful, absolutely beautiful. And there's a song uh, called The Healing Pool that he has has and um I'm thinking uh in John five it talks about um 
After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And now there is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethsaida, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man who was there who had an, an infirmity 38 years, when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made well? Man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. Hallelujah. Praise God for everything that he does and and praise God for his, the ministry of Jesus, the ministry of the Holy Ghost. And just, uh, he's so, 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 so wonderful. So wonderful. And, uh, so, I'm going to play this song and one of them is, is uh, based on that. And I'm going to play play that. But before, until we meet again, which now I have um, I have a show on two additional days, Friday and Saturday. So I have a show on Monday. Um, right now we're doing the topic, Healing is the Children's Bread. You would think it was the show was called Healing is the Children's Bread, but that's just the topic. And we've been on it a really long time, Dr. Frank Summerall and myself. The first hour, Dr. Frank teaches. The second hour, I teach play some music, so it's uh, now on Tuesday is Dr. Frank Summerall's Bible study from 6 to 7, Mondays is 8 p.m., and this is all Eastern Standard Time, and on um, uh, Friday now, I am started a series, it's the 12 Pillars of Faith, and I'm doing on the spiritual heart, and yesterday I did the repentant heart, and next Friday I'm going to do the hungry heart. And then on Saturdays, right now I'm doing this series, Jesus the Ultimate Healer. Next week will be part five next Saturday. So it's Friday, Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, and then Tuesday at 6 p.m. So I hope you join me on that time, and if you're listening live or during the archive, whatever time zone, um, I I pray you're blessed by this, and I know the Lord is has healed you, will heal you, and I, I have, uh, feel free to comment me with testimonies or prayer requests. And until we meet again, know that I love you, God loves you, you are valuable, you're priceless, you're accepted in the beloved, and until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand 
and envelop you in his love.